thanks for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. I'm April Don Scheffler, and I invite you to play with me and a whole host of guests today. This is really awesome. This is my first roundtable or panel discussion. So I am welcoming Jessica Fletcher, Al, Al Jameson, right? Yes. And Araya. What is your, your last name, Araya? Araya Chazar. All right, beautiful. Because this is the first time that I've had a round table, I was a little bit more structured than I usually am. I usually just show up and whatever happens, happens. This time I thought it might be a little bit more constructive to have a plan. <laughs> first of all, we're going to go around and let everyone introduce themselves and give some background as to what they're bringing to the table today as far as integration goes. And we can explain a little bit as to why this topic is important to each one of us, but what kind of experience, background, expertise, if you will, that you're bringing, or at least your unique perspective to this situation. I guess I'll start. Um, again, my name is April Scheffler, because there are a few people, Araya, this is our first time to, to talk. But my experience with integration is that I need help. <laughs> That's why I put this panel together is because I am looking for ways to better integrate. So I'm not coming as an expert. I'm coming as someone who is bringing together a team because we are not asked to do life alone. We are asked to bring people beside us to help us where we need it. So that is what I'm doing today. Uh, all of us participated in the Ecstatic Forest Festival this year. It was awesome. I had some definite highs in that. There were some lows too, which I appreciated just because it kept it from being so untouchable, if that makes sense. It made it where it was more like real life in that real life has highs and lows. But yeah, those highs were really high. And I was thinking about some of the other situations I've had in life where you don't want it to end because you just want this good thing to continue. And you can sometimes even have this anticipatory grief process because you know it's going to end. It's not going to last forever. And you're going to have to go back to the everyday the people that you don't necessarily consider as magical when they really are, <laughs> right? But some people who just are not going to meet you at the same place that this unique gathering of people, and I think we can apply this to all different kinds of situations. It doesn't have to even be a spiritual context, but whether you're at a cosplay convention or Wherever it is, you're with a group of like-minded people and you're like, wow, I am with people that I can feel like myself, that I can truly be my authentic self. And how do we transition from that and bring some of that authentic self into our everyday? Mm -hmm. So yes, let's start with Jessica. Hello. <laughs> Hi, I'm Jessica Fletcher, or Raven Song is my chosen medicine name. And um, I feel like I've had a fair amount of 
going from a very corporate setting to extreme festivals, Texas festivals. And yeah, there was definitely a disparity there between everyday life and the way I allowed myself to express and the festival experience, which felt like just letting go and getting to be that way for an extended period of time and figuring out who that person was. <laughs> and I do feel like there, there was sometimes, you know, this, this idea of, I have to go back to this extreme structure. But for me, I think it's also about general expression and every day doing something that to me helps to express in a way that feels really genuine, authentic, freeing. And I ended up coming up with a mantra at one point during my waking, which is to just do one weird thing every day. And that kind of helped me loosen up and bring the festival feel to everyday life and do creative projects that helped me feel like I was more in the flow. And generally speaking, when I think of the word integration, it usually is in reference to plant medicine ceremonies and integrating what we learned from that into everyday life and healing and processing whatever. And that is something that I feel is similar to the festival experience. It's just a different type of medicine, <laughs> but the process is still the same, which is to go within, to look, to see how, how can I express myself more fully and what is really stopping me from doing that? Because it's probably not as relevant as we thought it really is. It's a bigger deal in our head than it is in life. And sometimes that takes readjusting who we're hanging out with or where we're, we're, we're being in the world but that's kind of part of the process. So I have a deep sympathy for those that experience, you know, extreme <laughs> disparity between the two worlds, but it doesn't have to be that way. <laughs> I had two things to add to that. First of all, I thought it was so awesome to meet so many people with medicine names or like <laughs> festival names. I think that along with a certain amount of experience, you don't feel like the same person. And Sometimes having a medicine name allows you to really construct for yourself mm -hmm. a certain, it captures a certain essence that you have discovered within yourself. Mm -hmm. And so it was really neat to meet um, Hugging Bear and, you know, Raven <laughs> Song and all these really neat festival names or, or medicine names. Personas. Setting <laughs> Maybe. <in>. Huh? <laughs> Maybe personas. <laughs> or personas, absolutely. And it's like... So that, that's another thing that we can talk about when we get into the details is the ability to take on a different persona. But mm -hmm. I just want to say I loved that. It made me think about what, what would I choose my medicine name to be? So <clears throat> I'm still thinking about that, but I mm -hmm. love that. Secondly, since we are kind of establishing our background as panelists, you introduced integration as being with plant medicine. Is that mm -hmm. something that you've experienced yourself, the plant medicine integration? Oh, yes. That was fairly early on in, in my experience uh, with the spiritual community. 
Somebody told me about this event. I literally had done zero research about what those plants actually did. I just felt really excited about it. I was like, I don't know what this is about. I was still coming back from the corporate world being fairly emotionally contained. <laughs> and so there was just something that was just very exciting about this ceremony. It turns out it was an ayahuasca and San Pedro ceremony, like a, a night and day situation. And I did both and I had a great time and it was weird, which I love. <laughs> I think it's actually taken me till right about now-ish <laughs> during aesthetic forest. I think you saw more of the culmination of what that persona was actually supposed to be that presentation in the world. Even though all the pieces were there, I hadn't really put them together, but the integration for that, for particularly plant medicine ceremony, I think, yeah, it can take a very long time <laughs> depending on how willing or how fast we're willing to let go, or maybe it's just divine timing, who knows? <laughs> the universe, it's on its own cycles. So that's something that I feel definitely could use integration circles with. My sister particularly works in that sphere a lot more with veterans. And in the context of having experienced an extreme emotional or, um, you know, mental awareness moment, like plant medicine, I think it's really helpful to talk about that in circles and have people hold your hand and walk you through it and tell you you're not weird for experiencing whatever is happening in that space. All right, Al, let's go to you. I know you have quite a bit of experience. I had put out just a general call within the Ecstatic Forest Festival attendees group, whoever wanted to join this panel. And I was so glad that you did because not only are people going to find out that you have a pivotal role with creating festivals and creating these type of containers for people to have these highs, <laughs> but also it's relatable in that you have a very everyday type of job too, right? I'm, I mean, from what I understand, you're a chiropractor. And so to me, that means seeing patients and having to deal with billing and insurance or whatever the things are that has to do with an everyday life. So it's not as though any of us are living in this cloud space where we don't have our boots on the ground. So welcome, Al. Thank you. Thank you. Sorry, I wasn't able to change my uh, name on here in time, but yeah, my name is Al. And uh, yes, I am a chiropractor by trade. I enjoy being a healer. I enjoy working with people. And I did it for years and years and years. And more recently, this, this whole concept of integration and community and what it means really just started to sit with me a lot more. And so in these last couple of years, I've actually kind of like transitioned to being in community more and more regularly and um, really trying to provide space for people to be able to find their magic and then go out and spread it in the world. So everything I do has some sort of association with that now, whether it's ecstatic forest or unique mindful events and all, all the things I do are kind of focused on that. Um, it's, it's healing in a different way. I still love being a chiropractor, but I needed something that was a little bit more in, in community. And so, so to me, the, the, the question became, how do I make that feeling that I felt at these events that I've gone to more of my 
everyday life rather than it being a moment in time that I have to keep revisiting every year or twice a year or whatever, and then have this feeling of loss every single time I go and, and leave those events. And how do I make it more of a regular thing in my life? And then how do I help other people do the same thing? And so that's, that's kind of what, what my life's been about these last couple of years. You know, it's been quite a, a transformation, speaking of transformational events, to get to this point and come to these realizations. Well, and I know all of us have so much gratitude for that journey. I mean, you're a one person who has catalyzed so many people and brought so many people together. And gee, I mean, it's really beautiful. It's the power of one person in community doing something very well that has just fed all of us here. So I'm learning a lot from you guys. Yeah. All right. And for those who are listening and not watching, that was Araya speaking. So Araya, if you would go ahead and introduce yourself. Great. Thank you. And thanks so much for having me um, and for doing this podcast. It's, it's such a beautiful topic. I'm Araya Jazar. I live in Norman, Oklahoma. I am a naturopath and bioenergetic healer. And I'm learning so much about the power of community and what that means for people who are going through spiritual growth and changes. So I've had just some unique insight into different people's path and different groups of people as they grow and have these experiences. And gee, I'm just feeling the need for community, the need for integration is so profound and it runs so deep. You're not the only one, right, who has that experience. They come home and think, okay, well, my, my regular life might not be as beautiful or as expansive or as supportive as this group of people that I just came, came with. I love that, that Raven touched on integrating those into her daily life more. And then how Al has made it a, a, a purpose and an intention to gather groups of people in order to have that experience more. And I'm very much an activator of people as well. I love bringing people together. I love the point that we are at in, in the world right now that we're coming into this beautiful, really golden age of connection and community. So thank you so much for speaking to this. I, I've had all kinds of experiences just personally and with others watching people come into radical spiritual growth and shift and change that can be really intimidating. So I like that you open speaking to this, that some parts are difficult. Some parts are not easy. The highs are miraculously high and feel so lovely. And the lows can be pretty striking. You know, it, it can be hard for our loved ones and friends to really understand what's going on when we're trying to capture the essence of something so powerful that we've experienced. And just, just speaking to it, giving voice from a powerful plant medicine ceremony or, or just our regular daily practice of growth and expansion. Sometimes it can feel very lonely, like we're the only ones going through this. So for me, I love to go to festivals. I love learning from other people who are, who are gathering people together and gathering tribes together and like-minded people together. I love the idea of a daily practice and really, you know, sitting with yourself and striving for the unity that's within each of us so that we don't need that kind of outward validation as much um, as we go through our own processes of being integrated, being balanced and grounded. But yeah, in the early days and, and what I've seen with other people is really struggling. Like one man that I worked with years ago in another state, when he found out how to open his third eye, man, that was all he wanted to do. And he didn't want to work anymore. He changed completely and his family got really kind of upset and scared and you know, thought, okay, where do we go to help someone who's like in a more crisis situation? We need this. We need this kind of discussion and skill and 
influence for people or guidance or support structure for people who are going through it, no matter what their experience is. Yeah, I think Araya brought up a fantastic point and it, it brings up, I think the whole reason why I created this panel to begin with, because the dark side of this or the shadow aspect of it is that we want to stay and live in this place that's so disconnected from what we consider to mm. be our reality. We taste something so beautiful and heavenly and divine that we are like scared or don't want to rejoin what we knew before. And we don't know how to make that transition. We don't know how to make that next step. And mm -hmm. yeah, we just kind of want to stay in this little place. And for one thing that doesn't help us and it doesn't help the people around us where we are placed in service to the world. So yes, I'm glad you brought up that point because that's kind of exactly why I brought this together without having said it. And so I'm glad you kind of wow. set the stage because we don't want to be with our head up in the clouds, so to speak. Um, we want to have our head in the clouds and our feet on the ground. We want to be able to right. bring both. We want to be able to be that bridge. And so, yes, thank you so much for that. All right. Well, that brings us to the second question. It's kind of hard, but I gave you some time to think about it beforehand. Distill your experiences over the years, these highs, into two or three things that these experiences have in common that make them so wonderful. And then the next round, we'll talk about how to actually integrate them. But this time, let's just concentrate on what makes these things so darn special and wonderful that we feel like we need to have some type of intervention, <laughs> some type of integration process. All right, so uh, Jessica, you're on the top of my screen here. So we'll start with you again. Okay. Yeah, I think for me, it was a lot about finding the elements of the festival that I really connected with and finding ways of bringing that into everyday life. So some of it was the way I got to dress. Some of it was the muting, the music and lighting actually was really triggering to experience some of those feelings again. And I mean that in a positively triggering sense, because <laughs> I think that word can sometimes be skewed one way. But I think those elements like expressing self-expression was really helpful to, to be like, oh, well, I could wear this during my off time. Um, you know, um, I could I could incorporate elements of that into everyday wear as a color pop or something. But then also choosing to hang around around those types of people you know, figuring out where do they, where do they live on a regular basis? <laughs> where do they meet up? And then making that part of my world too, so that the transition wasn't so rough. It's like, you kind of go from one space that's kind of similar to that festival feel and do that maybe weekly or every other week. And then another one was to just use some of that music. So like playing some of that music is actually really helpful it's amazing how often that can really change the feel of a room 
or if I'm in my more sensitive state, sometimes it can happen where I'm just not liking the vibe that's happening or the people I'm around are really <laughs> not my zone. And that music can really help me ground and calm down and be like, okay, well, I'm supported by things outside of what is the norm here. <laughs> and that's something that's wonderfully portable. So I feel like it's, to me, it's been about incorporating elements of the festival into everyday life. So speaking of, I'm glad you brought up dress because I, I, I told you this at the festival, you were dressed up so like you have such a regal presence anyway. And then on top of that, can you tell us the name of the type of costume that it was mm -hmm. that you were wearing at one of the, or two of the days? Yeah, it was called a Chinese Hanfu. So it's a it's a, a re-emerging Chinese fashion trend in China. A lot of the young people are sewing their own Hanfus. It's from a particular, I think it's the Tang dynasty. It's probably a few dynasties, but that's the one it's most known for. And so this type of dress is like, think crouching tiger, hidden dragon outfits, right? And, and so there are gatherings of people that will just walk the street with that or, you know, go get tea or go out together that way. But I wanted to sew one for myself that was very spring themed. And uh, I think it fit in very well with the, the fairy, fairy themed festival that was present. So I had a lot of fun putting that together, finding all the right elements. It was a lot of Etsy shopping, we'll put it that way. <laughs> but then actually putting that garment together for myself, it, gosh, it took probably about a month to, <laughs> to put it all together. So definitely an experience. <laughs> It was beautiful. So, okay. So just the takeaways from what you were saying about what makes these things uh, such a high was self-expression mm -hmm. as it expresses in both dress, how you're able to present your, that costume to the outside world mm -hmm. to reflect some of those authentic places inside and then the people mm -hmm. and, and the music as well, because that's such a, an atmosphere changer. All right, Al, let's go to you. What are some like two or three common themes of really fantastic experiences that you have found that make them so awesome? I've kind of been blessed to be able to travel to a lot of different festivals and events. A lot of what are considered in this category of transformational festivals. I've done number of yoga festivals. I've been to Envision Festival in Costa Rica. And there's literally two things that it really boils down to that I think we all try to cling on to once we leave. And the first one is unconditional love. You know, when, when you enter the space, you're really just unconditionally loved. And I think that's one of the things that we all seek when, you know, we go to these things and we seek in our daily lives. And a lot of times that might be what's missing, that we don't feel like we're loved unconditionally for who we are, just the way we are. And so we seek that in the environments that we go to and the events that we go to. And in order to be unconditionally loved, you have to be able to live without fear, right? A lot of people will say that, that love is the opposite of fear. And so you have to feel safe in the space that you're in. And if you don't feel safe, then you're not going to feel loved. And so those, those kind of go hand in hand. And then I think the other thing that, that takes people to these magical places is the lack of judgment. 
And that's another big theme that I've noticed pretty much with, with all of the events I've been to that I kind of put in this category is that you can, you can enter a space and feel like everybody is there to listen. Everybody is there to support. Everybody is there for you as a human being, not a human doing, not somebody that has a certain job or a certain title. No one's asking what you do for a living. No one is asking you how much you make. And to me, it's, it's just part of the beauty of it where I could have like hours and hours of conversation with people and not know their profession and have it just not be a relevant thing because that, that shouldn't be the only thing that defines them. It should be who they are, who, who their personality is, who, what's in their heart, how, how do they choose to express themselves in that moment. So those, those are two, probably the two core themes of a transformational festival, I would say, is the unconditional love, which creates a safe environment and lack of judgment. I'm so glad you brought up the not knowing what someone's profession is or what they do to to make a living, because as soon as you said unconditional love, that's immediately what came to mind is there was no one asking, oh, what do you do? Meaning, you know, how do you pay bills? No, we were asking deep questions like, what are you passionate about? Those were the kinds of questions that you would find people asking each other. Or they would pull from their own experience, whatever interest or passion they have, they would ask someone else, oh, so are you into blah, blah, blah. Say, for instance, human design. Are you into human design? Oh, yes, I'm a manifesting generator. What are you? And you can go off on that. Or someone else would say, no, I've never heard of that. That sounds really cool. Tell me more. And so every situation turned into a learning opportunity and it was not uh, restricted at all by what someone does, what kind of costume they wear in the outside world, outside world being in, in air quotes there. But yeah, thank you for, for bringing that up. All right, Araya, what are two or three common themes that you have found from experiences that make them so magical? Wow. Yeah. I'm really glad to, to hear Al, you talking about safety. I think that's really foundational for me. It's safety, truth, and creative expression and expansion. So when we have an environment where everyone feels safe, they feel protected. It's just as beautiful. The way that people unfold, the way that people express themselves, the way that they connect with other people leading to these beautiful kinds of questions and conversations Nobody's judged that they don't know what human design is, or maybe they just haven't had time to dip a toe in, but kind of what we're doing is putting the world on hold, putting those professional titles and ideas that we have about how we should spend our time on hold in order to flesh out who we really are. And doing that in community is fabulous because you'll just attract that perfect person into your sphere, into your circle that will bring those pieces of wisdom and joy and compassion to us as a group and individually to help us really feel into who am I if I'm just completely safe? Who am I if I'm so grounded that I can open up in a way that I probably haven't before? You know, we're so enculturated with fear and triggers and all kinds of just clutter, mental chatter within media and within the way that we tend to live our lives today that tapping into a a safe environment is a massive gift, a massive gift. 
So that lends just to think like, okay, how can we create more of that? How can we create more safety? What does it feel like in my nervous system to experience safety? What can happen in my physical body when I open up? Like what comes out of my pores? What comes out of my mental space? What does it feel like to really just have a great time going to the bathroom? You know, like, dang, you know, those, those kinds of sensations that come with safety are so primal and important and beautiful that I'm inspired to continue creating, continue tapping in. I've been to Envision, to Envision Festival as well. You know, some of it actually is like fighting to, to, to meet your needs. Some of it can be really hard at festivals. There's always elements that push us and trigger us in ways that we may not care for. <laughs> but if we can look at those in terms of growth opportunities or stepping stones to where we want to be, that can really be a gift. So finding the safety in even difficult environments or difficult instances is really huge. And what I find is, and what I really appreciate is that we're, we're, we tend to be influenced by this funnel of truth. And what I mean by that is when we're following the body and what the body is doing, what the spirit and the intellect are doing when we're steeped in an environment of beauty and joy and love, we can start to then distill more or in a more fine way, the essence of what our truth is. And I think what we find with a group is that we can, we can take elements of what's truthful or what's true for someone else and really compare them to what our idea of truth is and, and just start to sift through those finer points of our personality that just don't get looked at or don't get discussed in daily life. So really, you know, the, in, in the beginning for me, I had kind of a couple of explosive spiritual growth experiences that were really hard for my family. And I've seen that happen to other people. I see that happening right now with other people where people around them don't really understand what's going on. But I want to be a source of encouragement that if you are finding truth and finding what resonates in your body and your body is in a state of expansion, then that's a trail that is so valuable and exploring what is in that path. What is it that's making me feel like I can open up? I can open on many different levels. That's always a yes for me. I always wanna go for those experiences because if it feels good, it probably is good. And we're so enculturated to doubt and judge and be in this fear, but really it's learning to trust that the essence of the core of who you are as a human being, you have all this infinite wisdom within you. And when you're tapping into it, it's trustworthy. And finally, what that leads to in so many beautiful groups of people and in us as individuals is expansion. And man, I'll take expansion if it's a trickle, if it's a drip, or if it's a fire hose. I feel like we're in this point in time where we are expanding and it's just not an easy process. It may be beautiful. It may be highly warranted. It may be needed. And I'm pretty sure we all have a craving for expansion, but trusting that that is the natural state of being a human being is learning, experiencing, painting all the colors, wearing all the clothes, having all the experiences. Those are our lessons. Those are our, our teachers and our gifts in life. So for me, I want to witness it all. I want to soak it up. And so, yeah, I'm firmly on the path and really loving these kinds of events and appreciating them so much. Yeah. I, I like that you brought up that even though we crave it and we want it, it's not always comfortable. And that is so true. And not just for us, but those around us who 
those understandings are changing because you join friendships or any type of relationship with kind of an understanding like, okay, you're this way and I'm this way. And then when someone changes, like, oh, you're changing the contract in a way. And it can be really, really challenging. But I love this idea of expansion, even though it's not comfortable for anybody, (laughs) that it gives us, it gives people permission to, to grow. And if you're giving yourself that permission to expand and change, then that's also giving that permission to other people and role modeling that for them. Like, what does that look like? And it's not always pretty. Um, So I wrote an article just the other day about change. And sometimes we have done some expanding and then the people around us um I think I called it side eye when family serves up a dish of side eye <laughs> and it's about how I I've been reading this really cool book um it's called Nonviolent communication a language of life by Marshall B Rosenberg PhD and I absolutely love this book and one of the things was is that we can observe without evaluating. And I had a particular instance of that this weekend in which there was a family member and I'm pretty sure from everything that they've heard through the grapevine or seen of me on social media, I have definitely changed and not in a way that they would consider was good. So I could feel some of that coldness creeping in. And for me, if I had allowed myself to get into the story of it, it'd be like, how could they treat me like this or be cold? What this book encouraged me to do though, because I remembered the passage was, I'm going to give that person permission to change as well. I'm going to refuse to put a label on them as being judgmental or whatever. And because there are uh, an ever evolving consciousness, just like me. And I'm not going to put a label on them for the decision they made a second ago. And just giving ourselves and others around us that permission to change and evolve and grow outside of the boxes that we have put around them and ourselves is really, really beautiful. So yeah, thank you for bringing up the difficulty of expansion. Someone reached out on social media to a friend group and, and, you know, publicly, basically on a chat and said, what do you do if you're in a spiritual growth phase? And I chimed in and said, continue to follow, continue to say yes to experiences and trust in it. And as it turns out, her niece was experiencing something alarming to the rest of the family where she was going outside and and praising God and had her hands in the air and said, hallelujah, and look at how beautiful the grass is. And she was alternately crying and they were very disturbed and upset. So at that point, the answer is to just say yes. I, I love that you're pointing out suspending your judgment and just observing because you know, it's hard to distill truth in a situation like that. It's hard for people to understand who are on the outside looking in, Mm -hmm. even though deep down, we may want to have peak spiritual experiences ourselves, what it looks like from the outside can be confusing. Like it really can be confusing. So I really like the idea of encouraging gentleness and nonviolence, right? Mm -hmm. How can you accept what somebody else is experiencing just for what it is? Are they happy? Are they safe? Are they expressing what something that needed to be expressed for a long time? 
So thank you for speaking to that, April. That's good stuff. Yeah, it's confusing for them and it can be confusing for us. And that's right. why we're right. talking about the importance of integration and community. Yeah. Hello and welcome to Nonsense with Natalie Corner. Did I get it right? Okay. And here's my guest slash always here, my mother, April Mom Patterson. And we have the dog. Um, okay, yeah. <laughs> and I have a joke for you. Okay, so you already know this one, but I thought it, would, it was pretty funny. So, why are elephants wiser than chickens? Have you ever heard of Kentucky Fried Elephant? <laughs> I know, right? Okay, is that it for today? No, I heard this joke from the Alexa. Mom, oh, you know what this gosh, one is. Guys, this is... <laughs> Your lives are forever be changed. I know, right? I can assure you. I know, right? It was a kid's joke. I don't know why it got on a kid's joke, but it did. Okay. Let's get it over with. <laughs> Go ahead. Okay. Why did Spider-Man pick his nose? Why? Because <laughs> he didn't have a Kleenex? No. Um, To get rid of the Green Goblin. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I told you your lives would not be the same. <laughs> Sponsored by Alexa. Is that it? Yeah. Okay. I have a microphone. Oh, I thought you were about to do a mic drop. <laughs> mic drop. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, just say boom. Oh, gosh. Just say bye. Okay. Bye. <laughs> One of the common themes I have found that has been present in transformational events is time. And I love how Al and his team with the Ecstatic Forest Festival, they've had a lot of push to make day passes available where people can just come for the day. And they've pushed back and said, you know, we get it. But we respectfully say, no, we are creating a container here. And I can't tell you how much that means to me because one of my key takeaways is the container of time. Because when you do that and you have a multi-day festival where the person that you see today is going to be your tent neighbor tomorrow, it just creates a sense of community as opposed to a two-hour meeting where you can pop in and pop out and you're never going to see these people again. And for me, I think I have masculine energy in that way where I need to check off boxes and, okay, sure, I can make this spiritual meeting, but it's going to be two hours. And what am I doing afterwards? And I have this running itinerary in my mind. Well, creating this multi-day container I am just there. It creates a lot of presentness where I can just be present in the moment. And I don't have that a lot because when I'm here at home, it's more of, okay, what do I need next? I need to do laundry. And while I'm doing laundry, I can have this other thing going and I need to leave for work in 30 minutes, etc. There's always this running thing in my head about what's next. And it doesn't allow me to really be present. 
And this was so beautiful in that I'm here. Let's see what comes up, what happens. People would walk by the tent and there was eye contact happening. And you're like, hey, like, you know them and you don't. And they would sit down and you just have like these amazing conversations because I was present and I had freaking time. I had time to do it. So I think I will talk about this more when we talk about the integration piece, as far as how to integrate that time into the everyday. But yeah, that was one of the things, creating presence, creating time was is a key part of that for me. And I loved the self-expression and the safety with it being the multi-day festival and you're creating this container where there are no day passes it did feel somewhat contained and closed and it felt you know it felt safe and everyone was just doing them they were dressing how they wanted to or not wearing clothes at all (laughs) they had that option of self-expression and so it was just really beautiful and I felt safe I have had traditionally this disconnect with my body. And so with the ecstatic dance, it really was that miracle of, I can look so stupid and just move my body. However, because it was modeled to me with these other people, they didn't look cool. (laughs) I mean, some people did, but then other people, they gave me that permission to just be weird and be myself. And that safety of no judgment and being loved and accepted for just who I was, it allowed me to, like for one of the first times, love myself. And then (laughs) like I'm not going to get all emotional, but having that reflected back to me, it was like, wow, I can love myself as I am. And I have something special to offer. So let's go into the meat of this. How can we carry these basic themes that we just mentioned into real life? And I have Jessica, AKA Ravensong to thank for this. In part, I knew I I kind of wanted to do it, but when I had a conversation with her at the festival, And I don't even know how it came to be, but I think I may have mentioned that I wasn't wanting it to end. Mm -hmm. And she mentioned how every day can be a festival and we can approach it like that, how every day can be a festival. That kind of propelled it forward. I'm like, you know what? I need to have a round table, especially with Jessica. I put out a special invitation to her. How can we make every day a festival? How can we make every day special and bring those magic moments into the everyday life so that we're not constantly looking in the past because that doesn't serve anybody to be stuck in some type of magical moment that's not grounded in the present moment. So Jessica, like I said, thank you so much for saying that to begin with and planting the seed for this conversation. What would you suggest to us and the listeners as to how to make every day a festival? Oh, goodness. I think I think if we're going back to that piece on time that you were speaking about earlier is really important, is just giving yourself time 
and allowing yourself to expand out into that time, finding activities that are really helpful or parts of the day even that are really helpful to get into more of that flow of just what do I want to do next? I'm standing in a room. What do I actually want to do here? I'm giving myself a couple of hours, maybe before bed or something. What do I really want to do? Do I want to stretch? Do I want to you know, move around and dance for a while? Do I want to just go out in the backyard and hang out for a minute with a cup of tea? Like, what is it, you know? And really ask ourselves very honestly, what do I need right now in this moment? And then allowing that time to just expand out. I was serving a Gong Fu style tea or just uh, Chinese tea before the pandemic. And in the process of like just sitting down for tea for a couple of hours, time would disappear. It was the time warp in there. <laughs> People would lose track of time. It would be going faster than or slower than they usually experienced it. <laughs> and that is what you really want to incorporate in everyday life is to just expand a little and express truly so that those inspirations can come up. That festival feel of like, what do I wanna do next? Who do I want to call or talk to? All of that is, is very much still available and present because those people are still within phone contact range, most likely, of whatever it is that your inspiration is inquiring. But it's about allowing ourselves to expand into that space of possibility that I really think helps to start bringing that festival feel more into the everyday life. I love that. All right, Al, what do you have to add? Well, first I wanted to piggyback off of what you were saying about time at a festival. I'll be really honest with you. The the whole idea of day passes not happening the first year was, was literally, I just didn't want to deal with the logistics of it. <laughs> so that was by chance. But seeing the fact that the people that did invest in themselves by being present the entire time and the level at which they transformed was unexpected for me. And I don't know why. I mean, I put on this festival expecting people to transform, but the level at which people told me that they benefited and transformed was was just eye-opening. And then when I looked back at the reasons why they had those experiences and, and one of them was that they were present and that they were there the entire time and they gave themselves the gift of time, that's when it solidified into something that, that we will be continuing, at least for the foreseeable future, to not allow day passes, to not allow people that aren't there for the process to be present and to kind of pierce that energetic bubble. I'll just add there <laughs> that I love when you said process because the festival yeah. is a process. I think sometimes we think of things as just an event or something that happened and no, it's a process. And Orion had brought up the feeling, the idea of safety. Safety has to be in place before we can transform or, or evolve. And I'm the kind of person where trust has to be earned in a way. And that takes time. I'm not the kind of person, maybe it's my Scorpio rising sign or whatever, but with me, I actually, I'm not going to show up at 
a two hour event and just completely drop in and feel this process unfold in that short amount of time when it's a collective experience, when I'm part of something bigger, I need that time to be able to develop the trust within the container and the trust with the people I'm around. And yeah, that takes time to have that feeling of safety for me and to have that sense of no judgment. Or even decompressing from the regular world. I think it takes right. a while for people to land. Yes, it yeah. does. So, so and, and, and I'll speak to that to say that even the, the order that things were done were very intentional. There was a reason that Naked Yoga wasn't on Thursday and it was on Saturday. You know, um, it, it takes some trust building. It takes some time. It takes, you know, a while for people to drop in with each other before they can physically and metaphorically undress in front of each other. So even little things like that, there was a lot of intention behind how and when things were done. And I will, I will say this, and this is true of all good transformational events, is that's the difference between that and going to a three-day musical festival or whatever that, that is just completely, what I, it, literally mindless. The intention is that people go to escape their lives rather than go to add value to their lives. And that's the difference between a mindful event and a mindless event is exactly that, is people wanting to go in with this intention of improving themselves, of finding something better, of having a positive effect on somebody else and have that be reciprocated and mirrored back to them. That's the difference. And to speak to the element of like, how do we bring that into our daily lives? A little story, uh, years and years ago, probably about She's uh, almost 18 years ago at this point, I went to, to Iran to, to visit my aunts and family there that I hadn't seen in years and years. I've only been back like twice. So the aunts that I had there, they didn't get to grow up with us in the States and very, very rarely got to see us in person. So I was looking forward to seeing them and spending some time with them in person. And we were going to be there for about a month. And Probably it was maybe the second or third day we were there. One of my aunts just starts sobbing uncontrollably. I came to find out that she was sobbing, mourning the fact that we were going to be leaving in three and a half weeks. And it just, it one, it broke my heart a little bit, but two, it made me realize that yes, it sucks that we didn't get to grow up with each other, but gratefulness is very important in our daily lives and we have to be grateful for the things that we do have rather than mournful for the things that we don't have it's okay to mourn the things you don't have or the things you've lost but it's a matter of a healthy balance and if if that replaces any sense of gratefulness for what you do have then then that's when it can become a burden instead of uh, a point of reflection so I think that the easiest way to bring this into our daily lives is to be grateful for the opportunities to even go to events like that, and then also be grateful for the things we do have in our daily lives and find how we can connect those two together, because the way that we form better habits is by anchoring, right? Our brains like to take a new experience and latch it onto something we already know. 
and have already experienced. So if we can take this moment in time, this sense of uniqueness and, and use gratefulness as a tool to latch it onto the things that we're grateful for in our daily lives, I think that'll help us to, to be more uh, present with the lessons that we learn and with the experience that we have in these special moments in time in these containers and, and how to bring that with us into our daily lives. Regarding the lack of judgment that you had mentioned as being one of the themes, how would you suggest that we bring that into every day? By not judging others and not worrying about what others think about you. It's literally the four agreements. Don't take it personally. And I, I can tell you that is the absolute painfully hardest one for me of all the four agreements is to not take things personally. So it's something that I work on on a regular basis, but I also try to remind myself of that on that on a regular basis is to not take things personally. And, and the only thing that you do control is how you interact with other people. You can't control how other people interact with you. So just do your best, which is another one of the four agreements. Do your best and treat other people the way you want to be treated and be that light that you want to see in the world and not worry so much about how other people perceive you or treat you or judge you or things like that. And over time, it, it will have an effect on them. It takes time and it will have an effect on them. And I'll give the story. I went vegan about five years ago. And, and one of the things I told myself is I didn't want to be the, the militant vegan. I didn't want to be the person that put my judgment on others about how they're eating or how they're not eating or whatever. I just wanted to do it for myself. And if anyone were to have any sort of effect from me doing that or have it rub off on them any sort of way, it, it's going to just be through me doing it and not me talking about it. You know, uh, actions speak a lot louder than words. So just, just being the type of person that, that you want to see is, is probably the best way to create the environments that you want to create. And when you're not in these beautiful bubbles with all the, the little fluffy clouds and everything that's like perfect in that setting. And when we're not in those spaces, like just be, be that thing that you want to see, you know? Okay. And then you'd also mentioned the unconditional love. And I feel like that was kind of already touched upon, but I'm thinking about, for example, the lack of judgment that plays into it, right? If you're not judging yourself, you're having this unconditional love for yourself and sharing that with others. Was there anything else that you wanted to add about the unconditional love, how to bring that into our present moments? I, I think you, you literally hit the nail on the head by saying the word yourself, right? If you can learn to unconditionally love yourself, that's the most important thing. Don't, don't even worry about unconditionally loving others first until you can learn to unconditionally love yourself. Mm. <laughs> this you know? is where in the spiritual community, I've learned we, we do some snapping. <laughs> so I feel like snapping my approval. Yeah. Yeah. So beautiful. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, why, why, why waste your, why, I mean, not waste, but why, why spend your energy and time literally paddling upstream in life? Right. I mean, that's literally all we do when we could just literally turn the boat, boat around and enjoy the ride and be at peace with ourselves. One of the things I was thinking about when you mentioned how, when everything isn't all clouds and rainbows is that 
that compassion piece, that unconditional love and just acknowledging that, okay, everything's not the way I would want it to be. Things don't look the way I would want them to look, but I don't know, holding compassion for yourself. And I think that's a big piece of the unconditional love is the compassion piece. Oh, yeah, thank I think you it so goes, much. Go ahead, Araya. You're sure. next. Yeah, I mean, it It really, to me, it goes back to truth and the level of honesty that people embody at events like this. They are mindful. They, they are looking at their lives and learning and figuring out how can they do better? How can they expand? And what are their pain points? And maybe those pain points are getting triggered and fleshed out in a way that you turn around and the perfect person to speak to you about that is just right there. There's that synchronicity and the honesty that is a fuel for events like this. And that's what I love about it. I want to be surrounded by people who are on a spiritual path and who are committed. And that's why I love festivals. That's why I love it so much. And, and thank you for asking that question. How can we bring that more into our everyday lives? For me, I learned a while back that if it doesn't exist and you want it, just create it. Just do it. Just invite people over to have a conversation about it. Just start the thing that you went to that you loved and support the people who are doing that work. We can create whatever we want. I lived in Atlanta before I came back to live in Oklahoma and I went to a red tent in Atlanta. And I was like, oh my gosh, my people, they're all right here. These are the women I wanna hang out with. And so when I decided to create my own red tent, I had one for four years right here in Oklahoma. And my favorite people came to that red tent. I mean, we have beautiful memories of bringing people together. Ecstatic Dance OKC is another one that I got to take part in for a year of supporting the people who are creating these beautiful events we have every month. So creating it yourself, just taking that courage and that sense of adventure that we all have and saying, yeah, I'm going to do this thing. This is the thing I'm doing. Write it down and do it. Invite your favorite people. Let them invite other people. Look what you did. You had this desire to talk about integration and you're like, yeah, I'm going to create a round table right there, man. Right on. Good for you. I wanted to go back to the piece about truth and honesty with yourself the piece about plant medicine especially with ayahuasca and psilocybin a lot there is only truth all of these things get stripped away these stories you tell yourself or even the way you present yourself these masks they get torn off in plant medicine because and depending on how deep you go, there is no control. And so I think whether it's that kind of truth where you are meeting stuff like your shadow face-to-face, or you're going to a type of transformational festival where you're going to a mindful event where you want to be honest with yourself. And I think it draws other people who are yeah. also wanting truth they're tired of the candy that life gives them and they want more meat they want more nourishment they want to peel back the layers of okay what is my professional title what is it that I do for a living and more of who am I and who do I want to be right yeah Yeah, that's just what I wanted to explore that that truth piece and so yes I feel how would you yeah how would you recommend that we we bring that truth and that honesty into our present moments. Yeah. yeah, yeah, I totally feel that. I like there's this undercurrent, this this drive that you're expressing, and I'm so grateful that you're you're speaking to it even more from a waveform perspective. And we have like-minded people; their waveform is similar. When they meet, 
It's a stratospheric harmonic. And that's what we're talking about is those peak experiences. Like, what is this thing that's happening? How do I integrate that? How do I bring that back into my everyday life? And for me, I really, especially, I'm grateful to let Al know every single night, I said that was the best night of my life. The last night I spent in a cuddle puddle and the psychedelic speakeasy, and I was on nothing. I, you don't even need to have plant medicines going on or, or all the kind of party favors that people might experience at festivals. You're, what you're doing is, is catalyzing that in yourself. You're creating that unity in yourself. Trevor Hall says, you can't rush your healing. So true. Be gentle with yourself. I found that being gentle with myself and not judging myself, like I love that you got misty over saying that you loved yourself. You express self-love. That is massively huge. There's not enough snaps for that, right? That's a, that's a pivotal moment in your life. So really cherishing that you can say that without batting an eyelash. Maybe you cry, but good, good. Maybe there've been some unexpressed tears there because of all the judgment that you felt around you and experienced inside of you. My best recommendation, honestly, after coming away from this event, uh, first of all, I'm pretty wildly jealous not to be <laughs> in Texas. I'm grateful that I'm that, that I'm close in Oklahoma. I love what you guys are doing in Houston and in Austin. It's, it's beautiful. It's, it's immeasurably, unspeakably beautiful. For me, tapping into the healers and the people that were there on purpose, first of all, these people have figured out a way to have as a lifestyle that they're in this kind of environment all the time. And I'm hooked, man. I was one of the vendors with Harmonic Nectar. And so just getting to know my neighbors, like everybody who was there were healers. But man, we were just surrounded. All of us were surrounded by such beautiful people. And we're talking about and having one of these pivotal, important mindfulness conversations. But you can continue in, in many different ways like continuing the conversation with other healers, tapping into their modalities, learning from each other. Literally in my world, everything that I teach and everything that I offer professionally, it comes down to the laying on of hands. If we can get to the point where we're doing bodywork techniques together and really like touching each other and, and harnessing or unleashing that power that we have within us, that like Holy Spirit power, for lack of a better word, that, that Reiki energy that we all have. Like, I'm going to totally take a picture of this energy map behind me to share on our group. For me, that's the core. That's the kernel of what we're talking about is that we're sharing energy. And, and Al, you, you use this amazing term, we pierce that bubble of energy. That's what I think drives us. That's, it's, it's alleviating our own suffering. So if we can get into an environment where people are there to alleviate their own suffering, and, and probably by expressing more joy in life, man, that's where I want to be. And so like you're on this solid path, but it doesn't ever feel solid, right? It feels, it feels weird. It feels, it feels like somehow this, it's not right. And it's only because we're in this other matrix, right? Jessica spoke to it. We're all kind of saying the same thing that it's true. It's our truth. We're learning how to identify and walk out and express what is true for us. And we're doing it in a way that we're not judging people around us. So yeah, be tender with yourself, be tender. And, and in, just like we're investing time in ourselves by going and having these peak experiences, we can also choose to invest in ourselves in a way that we receive healing, the, the kinds of healing that we want. 
and we can provide the kind of healing that we want. So I love this kind of microeconomic situation that's going on too at festivals. Like I know people that that's their whole life. They're, they're holding court in a massive red tenant vision festival. And then the rest of their lives, they're expressing their medicine online and in person and in their local communities. And man, I admire that a lot. I admire it like crazy. So we're creating a, a, an economy that's very important for a time like this. So yeah, doing that with, with the intention, like for me, straight up, my intention is to clean and jerk the world. My intention is to make a massive positive impact in the world. And how can we do that if we're not paying attention to being tender with ourselves? If you want to be a great healer, heal yourself. Then you have this gnosis. You have this knowledge that is, is priceless. That's what the world needs and wants from us. And that's what we can receive and just give ourselves permission to receive it. So when we do that, then time stands still, right? We're in that beautiful flow state where every step we take is a blessing and a gift and everything we have to give is a blessing and a gift. And so we can really operate from that premise that we're just doing good. We're doing great. You know, we showed up. <laughs> yeah. So I guess I would just say that combines the time and the truth piece. I think Jessica touched on this too, is gifting ourselves with that time and the space. And so we can have these miniature magical moments, these miniature festival times. Like, what do I want to do? Bring in that creativity and just being honest. And that brings the truth piece into it. And maybe that's journaling for some people. Like, how can I get to that raw honesty that sometimes the festivals or plant medicine or whatever this revolutionizing experience was is maybe we need to journal and that way you're having this heart-to-heart -heart conversation with yourself like there's no hiding and you can see okay this is actually how I feel now what am I going to you know do about it and then I like I feel like we can bring more of that magic into every day by more ceremony and ritual I feel like that is a huge piece for me in bringing that magic home. And that could be a practice of carving out dates with certain, you know, other people that are on that same wavelength. That could be me sitting with Pape or listening to some kind of playlist on Spotify for my sound bath or whatever it is. I'm creating a lot of ceremony and ritual. And I have It'd be a funny slash gross story, <laughs> but it kind of it touches on two things that both Araya and Al brought up, the safety and the comfort level. And Araya, you brought up the, the, the word restroom. <laughs> Here's, so it made me think of this. During the festival, I felt so comfortable <laughs> being myself, but there are these porta potties, right? And it's nighttime and I approach the porta potty and there's a line. This person in there is taking a while. <laughs> and so I offer, I'm like, would you like us to sing for you? <laughs> and I think she declined on the singing part, but I'm talking to some stranger in a porta potty. I said, you know what? Because she was obviously having some, some difficulty. I said, there's this ritual I've heard of where you can take the most mundane things like going to the restroom and turn it into a ceremony. You can thank your body 
for doing what it does every day. It does all this work for you. So just thank it and let that shit go. Re bless and release it, baby. <laughs> yeah. And part of me thought, wow, that was a little too far, a little out there, but she came out and she's like, that was awesome. <laughs> so anyway, if it takes that to carve out the little moments with ourselves to create ceremony, then do yeah. it. Just thanking our body, connecting with ourselves in that moment and saying, wow, I am so thankful for this body. I am an embodied spirit and just let it go. Thank you for absorbing all those nutrients to give me vitality and, and I'm releasing now. <laughs> So anyway, I just thought, I thought it was so funny when you were talking about restroom and I wanted no. to bring that into bringing more ceremony and ritual. And I know so many people who the ceremony and ritual that they create for themselves is their morning cup of coffee or tea, mm -hmm. and they will do a blessing or just taking that moment to connect and I think that's what it is, is just connecting more often as opposed to just leaving it for festival times. Mm -hmm. um, so I'm going to open up the floor if anyone has any final thoughts. Man, I'd like to hear more from Jessica about the ritual, like I, the ritual nature. I didn't recognize you until um, you started sharing how you were dressed. And now I know who you are. So you're expressing a part of your ancestry in this outward way. I'd love to hear more about that. Yeah, I guess some of that goes back to that medicine ceremony a little bit, because part of what I saw about myself was just being someone that honestly holds on to valuable things and just hold it until whoever is ready to take it, who actually is theirs. And so the expression of this outward creation that I wore at the festival was kind of an expression of that. And it's kind of like honoring our, our ancestry because some of these gifts really do get passed on and they were never fully expressed. And I'm half um, white Caucasian. My last name, Fletcher, is Scottish. And my mother is from Taiwan. And so com combining, you know, aspects of culture that I don't think we see a whole lot of in, in the spiritual world is Gaelic and like Celtic cultures, those native um, ceremonies. And then also Chinese um, medicine becomes like a big thing in the spiritual world, but not necessarily maybe the music or the, of the culture of it. And so I think some of what I wanted to bring was just honoring my ancestors and like the ceremony of bringing my medicine, you know, teaching a workshop, but also to, to let other people know, hey, you know, you can honor your ancestry in these festival experiences as well in whatever form that takes for you and it's okay. I feel like the empowerment of your own medicine is something that can take of a physical appearance if it wants to, but to let that expression be whatever it is. I just noticed for myself, I do tend, <laughs> I do tend to find new and fascinating ways of becoming even more Asian <laughs> than I already am. 
<laughs> and I, I, I laugh about it. You know, I've, I've served Gong Fu tea before, just a lot of the tendencies, even the musical instruments that I'm interested in. So it's stereotypically Asian. <laughs> it's like, this is so cute. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad I get to be with me and enjoy myself for a lifetime because it is truly fascinating to watch my personality unfold. <laughs> I love that quote. I'm quoting you now empowerment of your own medicine and I think that is so true because I think in these magical moments we tap in and we touch like wow this medicine that is us we're realizing that childlike play and curiosity and ability to grow and connect with people that has just been tamped down over time and we're so we're just remembering our true selves. And so it is that empowerment of our own medicine. And I remember going to work one of the first days after the festival and I live in Houston and I was on 610, which there's a whole lot of traffic. An experience. And, huh? It's an experience. <laughs> it is an experience. I saw the, the skyscrapers on my right and all this traffic. And I just felt instead of this dread I sometimes feel about work and the mundane and wanting something new. I actually felt that empowerment of my own medicine. And I was like, I actually have the opportunity to bring it to these people mm-hmm. as opposed to wanting to say so encapsulated and within this special place. Mm-hmm. I'm actually, I'm, I'm, that's why I'm here is to, to share. I'm not meant to isolate myself and keep myself in this bubble I felt that was something different about this experience as opposed to other experiences where I did feel somewhat invigorated and motivated to go to the outside uh, of this container and share and yeah just experiencing our own medicine I love that I, I love that you're doing that in the world, particularly on, like on the highway, because our auras extend so much further than our physical bodies and driving down the road, you're exposing yourself to all these other people that may not have had that same experience. So it's like, these are the moments when we get to, to, to vibrate that out to them in a context that they might not be otherwise in contact or even bless the buildings or the people in them, or imagine the city that the way you hope it will be in the future. And maybe imagine that there's the green walls on all of the buildings, you know, all these different things. It's like, it's a map. A lot of times when, you know, those moments when I feel more alone, like I'm the only one experiencing this. Those are the moments when I get to think about, oh, well, just because I'm not talking to my friends right now, they're not in this room, doesn't mean that we're not connected. And then I can think about, all the people around me that I am technically connected to just like maybe on an energetic level that the whole city becomes like an ongoing festival that they may not be aware of, but it's a whole group of people that have come together to do this thing, whatever that thing is. (laughs) And it's, it's just figuring out in that soup, what is it that we want to to hang out and experience. This goes perfectly into what I realized (laughs) I wanted to say, I couldn't believe I almost forgot (laughs) that, yeah, this whole idea of the city being part of a festival that they may not even know that they're part of. Mm -hmm. 
when you go to a festival or any type of plant medicine or any type of special container, you realize when you come across people, everyone has something to teach you or something special to share that's beautiful. And so I was realizing as I had this, this uh, special moment with the city <laughs> that I was, I was going to bring that same mindset into my everyday Everyone has something that they can share and teach me that's beautiful. And they may not be on the same path as I am, but that doesn't even matter. They have something or an experience that I can learn from. And that makes it just yet another workshop in the festival. <laughs> makes it another tent during the, the day. Al, I feel like, do you want to say anything extra? Because I don't know that you've had as much mic time as the rest of us. <laughs> oh, I, I don't know about that. I feel, I feel like there's been enough mic time. I don't know. I don't know what else to add. I feel like it's all out there. I, I, I do want to say I'm really just blessed and appreciative of, uh, I, I think it was mentioned before that like, you know, this, this festival is something that I created. It really wasn't. It takes a lot of people to bring something like this together. I had a, a beautiful, amazing co-founders that helped me put this together. And then of course, if it's just us, it's like four of us sitting there having coffee. So without all of the attendees, without all of the facilitators like Raven Song, without all of the sponsors and vendors like Araya, it just doesn't, it doesn't happen. It just, it takes all of that to create that container and that sense of all of the things that everybody has talked about here. It doesn't happen without that rich tapestry coming together to make it happen. All we did was hopefully inspire everybody a little bit to, to come together, but it really takes everybody coming together to make it special. So I just wanted to thank everybody for making it so special. I, I set out to help other people transform their lives. And I, I feel like I was transformed more than I expected. And that was a very special feeling. And it was probably the most pivotal experience in my life. So I really appreciate everyone that was a part of that. And, and I know this isn't about one festival, it's about integrating all festivals, but I can only encourage everybody to just be a part of magic somewhere and contribute to some magic somewhere in your lives. If you can find it around you, seek it out. If you can't create it, I think it's been mentioned by multiple people here, just create the magic. If you can't find it, that's what makes all of this beautiful is that it just takes a spark. It takes somebody listening to, you know, this podcast and, and maybe getting inspired by it. It takes someone going to a festival and getting inspired by it, whatever it takes, whatever brought you here, this moment that we're all connecting together, like hopefully you take something away from it and you go out and, and create some magic in your own world until, until we can all uh, get together again and frolic in the forest. <laughs> well, thank you, Ravensong, Al and Araya so much for joining me in Sheffy's Sandbox. Much love to each and every one of you. Mm -hmm.